0: Ladies and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. This is going to be a lot of fun, folks. Want to let you know, if it's your first time here to Modern Day Debate, my name is James and I am your host. We are a nonpartisan channel, so we have nothing but debates. There are no, you could say, monologue-type videos. We think that's great on other channels, but this channel, it's purely debates, and we are excited to have you here no matter what walk of life you are from. Democrat, Republican, Christian, atheist, you name it, we really do hope you feel welcome here. And if it's your first time here, consider hitting that subscribe button because we have a lot more debates coming up. So for example, you'll see at the bottom right of your screen, Milo Yiannopoulos will be taking on SJW debate boy, that's his own name that is on whether or not white fragility is real. So that'll be next week and that should be a juicy one. Also wanna let you know at the far right side of your screen on that banner there, you will see those are all of the podcast apps that we are already on among many others. And we are excited to invade the podcast world in addition to our YouTube channel. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app, just let us know, we'll work to get on there. So without any further ado, Very excited, everybody. We want to let you know a few things. First, we are stoked to have joining us tonight. Our dearest friend, Kay Fellows, is co-moderating with us tonight. So Kay, want to say thanks so much for helping us out tonight. We're thrilled to have you here.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: Absolutely. So some of you may remember Kay debated destiny not too long ago, so that was a fun one. And with that, want to introduce our speakers we are really thankful to have these guys here first want to say welcome back brenton thrilled to have you i have linked both of these guys in the description and brenton if you want to share just some of the projects that you're working on things that people could find at those links in the description please do we'd love to hear it Sure. Uh, My name is
2: Brenton Lengel. I'm a poet, playwright, uh, Appalachian Trail, 2000 miler. This is a photo of me uh, summiting Katahdin after six months in the the woods. Uh, I'm a black belt in Kyokushin karate. And uh, yeah, I do these debates because I I love ideas and love to talk about this stuff. Uh, The main projects that I'm working on right now is uh, I am putting out the second issue of my comic series, Snow White Zombie Apocalypse, uh, we're, we're getting ready to ship. I actually got a professional editor for the first time on it, so I'm really excited about that, and uh, I'm going to be running a Kickstarter to f- fund the third issue, uh, hopefully in the next few weeks to the next month or so, so uh, you can check that out. You can also check out my channel. I talk about um, backpacking, martial arts, um, uh, politics, uh, religion, Buddhism on my channel, and i um, yeah, just uh, all around uh, really excited to have
0: this conversation. You betcha. Well, we're excited to have you here. And also very excited for the first time, Armin, we're thrilled to have you with us. I have to say, I had told people yesterday, we're very excited to have you here for the first time. And one thing, a lot of you, if you don't know somehow, folks, he is actually the founder of the Atheist Republic, which if, I, if I'm if i correct, let me know if I'm not correct. But that's the, is it the biggest atheist Facebook group on our planet. Is that right?
3: Yes, uh, with 2,400,000 last time, last time I checked. But we're more, way more than just a Facebook page. We're a, a non-profit in both Canada and United States. And we are also one of the largest uh, internet, no, not one of the largest, the largest international atheist groups in the world. We have local consulates in almost every major city for people to get together and find other atheists locally. Uh, We provide community and support for atheists worldwide. Um, You know, we were, we got into legal trouble with governments before uh, just for simply for providing a voice to atheists. Um, And also other than, yeah, so, um, and also recently we do go after religion on Atheist Republic, but our main goal is to provide a community for atheists worldwide, right? And this is what I got into trouble recently, because going after religion, um, we this whole woke ideology started looking a lot like a religion to us, and we started going after it, and we lost a lot of support because of that, and some of our projects are, are now um, we had to let some people go, but now it's slowly coming back, so we're looking, over to, uh, looking forward to bringing back more people and getting these projects back on. Other than Aces Republic, I'm also the author of a best-selling book, uh, Why There Is No God, um, and I'm also um, the co-host on the world's largest ex-Muslim podcast uh, with Ali Rizvi, which is called The Secular Jihadists.
0: Wow, so it would be safe to say these both of our guests are very productive, busy people. They're they're doing a lot, so we are very excited to have you guys here. And want to mention as well, so not only are both Brenton and Armin's links in the description, but we have also linked Kay. As like I had said, Kay has been on here to debate and. You can find all three of those links in the description, folks. So I'm going to hand it over to Kay in just a second as Kay is going to get the speakers going in the actual debate. But just want to let you know, folks, we have opening statements and then open conversation, followed by Q&A. So if you have a question, fire it into the old live chat, tagging me with at Modern Day Debate. And thanks so much, Kay, for your help tonight. The floor is all yours to get us rolling
1: all right well let's get the ball rolling um uh, i believe brenton is gonna go first so if you could just give us your opening statements on this very interesting topic i'm so excited i get to be a part of this topic on whether or not there is systemic racism towards whites take it away
2: yeah absolutely Uh, So the topic tonight, does anti-white systemic racism exist, is one of the more volatile and emotionally charged topics we could address. Uh, And I will be taking the negative uh, position. It's very volatile, particularly in the fallout of the protests, reactionary violence, and the epidemic of state repression that is sweeping the nation. Due in large part to our failure as a country to address the ongoing problem of police violence and institutional discrimination that targets minority communities. Now, before we we begin, I'd actually like to observe just a few seconds of silence for Garrett Foster, who died tragically and heroically while escorting his disabled wife during a Black Lives Matter march in Austin, Texas. nam Ho renge kyo Uh, Racism is something that has been inherent in in the United States since the foundation of this country. As part of our national origin rests on the uncomfortable truth that America was built on the extermination of one race and the enslavement of another. One could say that racism is in a way America's very own original sin. And it is one that we are still reckoning with today. That said, grand socioeconomic narratives are never so simple as one group of people having bad ideas and acting on them. Bad ideas don't come from nowhere, and they aren't adopted arbitrarily. As such, it's important that when we talk about race, we need to define our terms. Um, In my debate with uh, prominent neo-Nazi J.F. Garipay, I gave a definition, an explanation of institutional racism that is rooted in the material and sociological concerns of a given society. And this is the definition I believe we should be working with when we talk about institutional racism. Why? Well, because it's very easy to beg the question when talking about such a complex and controversial issue. And if we simply stick to what we feel racism is or feel what racism should be, we risk missing the core of the issue entirely. If we are to establish the existence of anti-white institutional racism, we must understand what race is, who or what creates it, and what purpose it serves and how it is utilized by society. And so we come to two, for lack of a better word, memes, which is to say elements of culture and systems of behavior that may be passed from one individual to another by means of of imitation. In other words, monkey see, monkey do. The first meme is race, and the second meme is the state. In this context, to understand the first, you must understand the second. So what is the state? To put it simply in the words of Max Weber, renowned German sociologist, philosopher, and noted anti-Marxist, the state is any institution that manages to claim a total monopoly over the justified use of force within a given geographical area. Now, this definition of the state is distinct from the common parlance in one key feature, namely that it does not include any political institution that exists primarily for the mediation and creation of policy. The state is not the government. It is the military and the police. The difference between the government and the state is the difference between the police officer who murdered George Floyd and your local city councilor. It is the difference between a senator and the ununiformed federal mercenaries who are currently blackbagging random protesters in Portland without due process and interrogating and holding them with neither charges nor trial. Contrary to popular belief, the state's primary function is not to protect people. Not individuals, not groups, and not ethnicities. The state's function is far more specific to secure and defend valuable property. Now, this might sound radical or even shocking to some of you, but our society right now is based upon this principle. To quote Adam Smith, civil government, so far as it is instituted for the security of property, is in reality instituted for the defense of the rich against the poor, or from those who have some property against those who have none at all or to go back even further to John Locke, the great and chief end of men's uniting into commonwealths and putting themselves under government is the preservation of their property, to which in the state of nature there are many things left wanting. So the state, which is to say the people who are currently tasked with and doing an exceptionally poor job of quelling these protests and riots, riots which I might remind you they themselves are responsible for, their goal at all times, whether the individual actors know it or not, is not to keep the peace. Rather, the piece is kept in order to keep the property, which is to say to st- serve the interests of the state's primary constituency, the wealthy, the powerful, the elite. Now, why is this important to understand when it comes to race? Well, for two reasons. One, here in America, due to the historical circumstances surrounding the founding of this nation, wealth and social class are currently divided, very with very little exception, along racial lines. And two, more fundamentally, race itself is a product of the state's quest to remain in power and preserve the property of its primary constituents. Now let that sink in for a moment, because it's a big idea and it's not how most of us are used to thinking about race. Race itself is primarily a product of the state's quest to remain in power and preserve the property of the, of the elite. Everything the state does is to this end. Now, we usually think of race in terms of skin color and facial features or ethnicity, but that is to miss the forest for the trees. In her book, Towards a Political Philosophy of Race, Dr. Falguni Sheth of Emory University puts forth the idea that race as we currently understand and practice it is a construct of sovereign power, which is to say those who are in charge in a given society are the ones who create race. These are the people whose property the state is primarily interested in protecting. And protecting from who? Well, from you and me, and especially those populations that are perceived to be unruly. In the words of Cersei Lannister, everyone who isn't us. Now, you'll note that I've said perceived, and that's an important word, so make note of it. Populations that are perceived to be unruly are targeted by the state. The state cannot definitively know who is unruly and who is not until they act. Just like the state cannot distinguish from someone who's white, from someone who's black or Arabic but looks white enough to pass. It's not about what you actually are. It's about what a cop or a judge thinks you are, which is why oftentimes uh, racially motivated stops go down after things get dark because you can't tell who's driving the car. So if sovereign power thinks you're unruly, well, mister, you'd better watch out and stop being so unruly. This perception and attitude is the systemic racism that targets the black community. It is the core of implicit white supremacy. And implicit white supremacy is much more insidious than the crude racial stereotypes and bigotry that may be adopted by certain individuals. To be racialized is to have one's propensity towards criminal antisocial behavior be assumed by those in positions of authority, based solely upon the way a person appears to look visually. All other forms of racial discrimination flow from this assumption, and as such, institutional racism physically cannot target white people individuals may be bigoted towards white people, but a cop or a judge is not going to sentence a white person more harshly simply because they are a white person. It literally cannot happen in the United States. It cannot happen in the first world, and it likely cannot happen anywhere on the globe, at least at this point in history. However, this is not to say that white people are not oppressed, and I will say unequivocally, unequivocally, that 99% of white people are systemically oppressed. And let me say that again, just so absolutely no one misunderstands me when I talk about this. Approximately 99% of all white people experience systemic oppression within their lives. But it is not racist systemic oppression. Because white people, at least in the West, are seen as the default, the standard citizen. Authorities cannot categorically see them as potentially dangerous. Whiteness is to race what baldness is to hair color or atheist is to religion. It is the absence of a concept rather than a positive identity. So in the light of this, how are white people systemically oppressed? Well, you heard it in my previous Game of Thrones reference, to quote Cersei Lannister, anyone who isn't us. 99% of white people are oppressed by capitalism. Because 99% of white people do not own significant valuable property, and as such, we are regulated to the position of workers where we must sell our labor to a capitalist under the conditions that are inherently favorable to that capitalist. If we don't like it and we refuse, we will be denied food, housing, medication. We will quickly find ourselves out on the street and in the crosshairs of law enforcement. We will be made to seem unruly, not for our skin, but for our clothes or economic status. And this is borne out by the data, because when crime rates are controlled for poverty, the disparity between racial groups virtually evaporates. The point is, is that whenever you want to destroy someone or make yourself comfortable with someone else destroying them, you must always define them as unpeople, because this erodes compassion and silences the voice of your conscience. I see you and you look a little like me and therefore I think maybe you are people and maybe you can love. Maybe you feel and experience all the joy and pain and regret that I experience. Maybe we're brothers or sisters and maybe we can live together, but those people over there across the street in another country or city or in Africa or China, I'm not sure they're people and I'd rather not care about them. So I'm going to imagine they might be animals or idiots or robots. Those are usually the big three. The point is to sake your to quiet your anxiety, to serve your vanity. You use language, uh, and through that language, to make their lives worth less and your own life worth more. And what you don't realize is that as you do this to them, sovereign power does the same thing to you. Kings are always paranoid. That's why they sit on a throne with their back to the wall, because when your back is to the wall, no one can stab you in it. But if we are to survive on this planet, if we are to thrive and build a better world for ourselves and our children, we have to see through this illusion. We must see through the illusion of race. We have to stop seeing the other tribe as an invader because at the moment, the only thing on this planet that can kill us, that can end the human race is us. And so we have to learn to live with ourselves because if we don't, we'll destroy ourselves through war, through famine, by the spreading of disease or by the power of a nuclear holocaust. We must live together or we will die alone. Thank you.
1: Thank you Brenton and Armin if you could give your opening statements or feel free to respond to anything that Brent has said thus
3: far. Yeah, I mean I don't I didn't have a uh, opening statement that's why we let Brenton go so I could respond to what he's saying. But he, I just want to say like even if I disagree with him he's like such a great writer like I was very passionate I was very fun to listen to. Um, But yeah, so I don't know how to uh, follow after that. But I just want to make it clear that um, I'm not at all here to suggest um, that racism against Black people or other minorities in the United States um, does not exist. Um, I'm also not here to mention that the racism against Uh, I think, let's say black people, so I don't have to keep saying, and other people, like um, that racism against black people in the United States is not systemic. I'm not suggesting that. It is systemic. Um, I'm also not here to suggest that racism against white people in the United States is worse than racism against black people. It's not. It's not even close, right? Um, So I'm not saying any of those things but i do um i do think that we might have a problem with um definitions and if we don't you know if we disagree on definitions that we might be talking over each other with like we're not even talking about the same thing we might be saying uh, things that we even agree with, would agree with each other if we were using each other's definitions so um the definitions that i'm working with um is the ones that are like show up if if you search for them. For race, uh, the definition I'm working with is a a race is a grouping of humans based on shared physical or social qualities into categories generally viewed as distinct by society. Um, Like There's no involvement of state and how they manage people and what their uh, agenda is. That doesn't coming to my definition. And also when it comes to int- institutional racism or systemic racism, I understand that some people have different definitions for this, but most people use these interchangeably. And the definition that I use for that uh, is the one that shows up, like I'm comfortable with what the uh, common definition is, which is a form of racism that is embedded as norm, um, normal practice within society or an organization. It can lead to such issues as uh, well that's as as discrimination, and criminal justice, employment, housing, healthcare, political power, uh, and education, among other issues. Another way to explain systemic racism, and again, we could debate whether it's helpful to de- define racism in you know the systemic racism or not. Um, or whether implicit racism is real or not, because there's debates about that, there's not a consensus, a, a consensus on that, but, um, but uh, assuming all of that is valid, um, you know, systemic racism is, the way I understand it, um, is as a, something as opposed to explicit form of racism. Explicit form of racism is intentional, uh, is, in the, is based on individuals. Uh, and it's basically what uh, most people traditionally recognize as racism. I hate you. I hate these group. Of, like, I would never let my daughter, for example, date a black person, that kind of crap. People say, like, oh, my God, yeah, you're a goddamn racist. That's an explicit form of racism. Systemic racism, uh, one um, uh, could be the source of s- systemic racism, could, uh, or maybe... Um, the the point about systemic racism is that is that it doesn't have to be intentional, right? Um, and it doesn't have to be even based on individuals. Um, bias it could be though so uh, systemic racism the way I understand it is either based on implicit bias or racism by outcome right so implicit bias is a form uh, of racism where people have these biases that they're not aware of Uh, there are some tests that suggest that most people do have those biases whether they're white black or whatever Um, but I don't those studies have been disputed i'm not i'm just going to assume right now that they're true i haven't it's it's hard for me to analyze them myself i'm open to uh, being proven wrong on this like because um, i'm not an expert on this but i can uh, um right now i think we're both on the side that uh, implicit bias is a thing it's real um but um and also we have uh, racism by outcome. Racism by outcome doesn't require ir- intentional or in- unintentional racism, right? Um, it's basically, if you have a system that produce, after adjusting for everything justifiable, like crime rates, like percentage of population, um, or anything else that, uh, any other variable that will justify that a racist, a bias outcome. If you adjust for all of that, if you still get bias outcome, even if nobody in the system is explicitly or implicitly racist, the system itself is racist, right? So for example, One reason why we might say that United States is systemically racist against black people and that doesn't require intentional racism by anybody in in these institutions is when you, uh, even after adjusting for population and even after adjusting for crime rates and severity of the crimes, you still seem to get harsher sentencing against black people based on how dark they are. Um, even if the judges are black, like th- we, there's something within the system that is produ- producing these racist outcomes, even if that is not the intention of anybody in the system. So that, it, that will make the system racist, uh, even without requiring intention from the individuals within the system, right? So those are the two sources of systemic racism and those are uh, real. Um, I, think, I think what we can acknowledge though, is based on these definitions, um, you know, as as bad as systemic racism is, um, it is progress to have reduced explicit racism. Explicit racism, intentional racism um, is, in my opinion, worse than unintentional racism or racism by outcome, right? And yeah, and, and the fact that we, I mean, reducing so, uh, explicit form of racism or intentional form of racism, uh, does not mean our job is done. Obviously, any form of racism is bad, um, and but if I could, but I could, I think it's fair to assume that a systemic form of racism is more widespread than any form of explicit form of racism. No matter how much explicit form of racism you have, right? So if the if you see widespread explicit form of racism. Uh, in any society, you could assume that you must also have a lot of systemic form of racism in that society, right? So what what I have to admit is that this is the reason why I think there is some, at least some, systemic form of racism against white people in the United States, because of the existence of um, obvious, explicit form of racism. Um, This is... Hypothesis. Right. So what I have to admit is that there is no data. There's absolute zero data that will uh, prove what I'm saying. um, Because it hasn't been this hasn't been researched when it comes to systemic racism against black people. There is plenty of data that proves that beyond any doubt. Okay. That systemic racism against black people is a thing um based on the definitions that uh that i just gave and there is zero data that shows that systemic racism against white people is a thing so what i my position is only a hypothesis and i'm happy to be proven wrong um if there is once there's data on this right um but i but but i think it is again as so hypothesis, or you could say an educated guess based on anecdotes, again, anecdotes doesn't prove anything, but the examples that we've seen of outright open accepted form of explicit racism against white people and the fact that how the limited backlash against it and the normalization normalization of it in society to me suggests that given how accepted explicit form of racism against white people is in countries like United States or United Kingdom or some other places, um, this explicit form, this normalization of explicit form of racism must have, or I think, again, I could, I'm happy to be proven wrong, must have somehow uh, creeped into institutions um, as, you know, and within the way that organiza- education again, you keep, you mentioned the state, but based on my understanding of uh, systemic racism, it, it could be private institutions, public institutions, the government, uh, society, media, entertainment, any any form of, any institutional racism could exist within any of these, and it doesn't have to be widespread and everywhere, as long as you have it within some institutions. Based on the definition that I read, you do have. Um, institutional racism um, or systemic racism, right? So, for example, when um, based, again, based on the definitions that I'm going by, uh, uh, white people, and again, I understand that some people say race is not a thing, and if you're looking at it from a biological perspective, that is true. Uh, The only other race that we had was uh, the Neanderthals, and we killed them, Um, but so from a biological perspective there's only one human race left but we when we're talking about uh, the common use of the word of uh, you know race we do like if you if we because for example words mean different things in different f- uh, fields for the word law for example in mathematics means something completely different than the word law in, in, in law school right um so race means something completely different in a bio- in a biology class than when you're when you're talking about race in i don't know uh, society uh, It originally it's just common uh use i think Uh, and based on that definition of race, not in biological sense, yes, race is a thing. Yes, it's made up, but there's many things that are made up uh, that we decided to, doesn't mean that it's not, Meaningless, like I don't know, contracts are made up, but it's not meaningless. It's a good thing that we define them. And race is also something that we made up, and it's a means. It's a real thing, even though we made it up. Um, And based on that definition, white people are a race. Black people are a race. You know, Persians, Arabs, Jews, Ashkenazi Jews—they're all different races. and um, and you could be absolutely you could be racist against white people. And something we have to first acknowledge is that if I can't convince you that I mean I don't know if you agree with me that explicit form of racism against white people exists, then I don't know we don't even we can't even move forward to talking about whether this racism is ex, is systemic or not. Right. So I think the first step is to even see if we could agree that if people say, "Fuck white people," "Cancel white people." All I want for Christmas is a white genocide. Um, Are these like all white people are racist, saying white people are responsible for all the evils in the world? Um, These things that I, you know, following a lot of, I'm not saying you ever said that, but but following a lot of far, far left content creators, I don't know what to call them, woke people, far-left content creators. Yeah. Again, I also want to make it clear. <laughs>
2: what? Woke scolds is the term Woke, I think okay. You, you okay. You're okay looking okay. at.
3: But I also want to make it clear that if I say far-left, this has nothing to do with um, the left. Like, I, I don't want to come across as suggesting that even far-left, even everybody on the far-left or the left thinks like this, okay? Um, but, um this is mostly a far left, far an idea that comes from far far left circles, and and it is a common view. Like it's, it, I mean, it's not a majority view, but it is widespread. It's 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 big enough for us to acknowledge that a lot of people hate white people. Okay, and I've seen examples of it. Um, I mean, in the past five years, it seems to be coming more and more mainstream. And also, um, it's, it, it used to be that it just doesn't get the backlash that other form of racism gets, like the same things that people would say about black people, Jewish people, um, Arabs, or any other uh, group of people. If you, say it, if you say the same statements against white people, the form of systemic racism that I saw, it was like, okay, you just you can get away with it. But now I'm seeing that actually different organizations and different media, mainstream media are actually even spreading those ideas, spreading um, hatred towards white people or talking about a whole group of people in general terms. I mean, even if you don't wanna, I hope that even if you don't want to acknowledge that, uh, define that as racism, that would be just a uh, semantics I'm hoping that you acknowledge that that's disgusting and wrong to talk about a whole group of people in such general terms. And as, as we go forward, I could, come, I could talk about some examples of some, what I've seen to show you what, uh, why within media, within different institutions, why you know, just outright racism against white people is normalized and accepted. Um, and, but whether or not we agree on the definition I mean, I would be happy to, if, if, for you to be like, okay, this is not racism, but it's disgusting, vile, and nobody should talk about any group of people in such general terms, whether I call it racism or not, right? I would, I, I would be happy if, if you would say something like that, right? But that would be the, that, that would be the explicit. so for example, then- Probably like um, a minute left. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll come up with the examples once we get once we go back and forward uh, forward in the discussion. So I'm I'm happy to end it here.
2: You got All
1: it. All right, go okay, ahead, take it away, friends.
2: Awesome. So uh, the first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to acknowledge what you're saying um, specifically about. Um, things that you've seen uh, targeted towards people who superficially resemble me and I want to applaud you for having that compassionate reaction um, because it it does suck when people are mean to somebody for like bad reasons Um, you know I I have experienced I I, for the purposes of this discussion I'm not going to call it racism Not because I wouldn't call that racism on the street necessarily, but we have to understand the difference between, and you even actually brought this up in your opening statement, so you do understand this difference, uh, between a technical definition and a colloquial definition. Because words are, they're symbols and they stand and they mean different things in different contexts. And sometimes there are even concepts that we don't have a word for within a language and it limits our ability to talk about it. Like one of my favorite things that I wish English had, but doesn't, but German does, is like there's a term, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but it basically means like a face in need of a fist. I usually think of that when I look at, like, Tucker Carlson. (laughs) And I'm kidding about that, by the way, nobody punched Tucker Carlson. Um, (laughs) But like, uh, it's difficult to have that concept within a, uh, to to have certain concepts. So the English language conspires to make discussions like this difficult, which is partially, I think, by accident and maybe partially a little bit by design. So. First off, I'm, let's, can we re- 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 refer to somebody hating, uh, explicitly hating someone as bigotry for, for who they are for bad reasons? Um, and that bigotry could be based on race, but it isn't racism in the way that like people are racist against black people necessarily, just when we're talking about like large systems of power. Is that, is that okay? Um,
3: I consider bigotry based on race to be racism, but I'm happy to work uh, with your, def- your uh, definitions just because I don't want us to argue semantics because we d- cool. we understand what we're talking about. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because when you're dealing with like like you're not a bad actor, but when you're dealing with bad actors within this, a lot of people will. Uh, Play like a Motten Bailey fallacy where what they'll do is they will try to move around and change the definition of race uh, or racism based upon what's most convenient for their argument and let, let, let's try to avoid that. Um, so uh, first off, uh, yes, I will acknowledge that anti-white bigotry exists. I don't necessarily think that like um, Hashtag um, waiting for white genocide is necessarily an it's not really that's not really a hashtag but something like that. That's not really a call for white genocide that's people making fun of Nazis who think that like, like Nazis think that like if you show an interracial couple in a TV commercial that's white genocide. Um, which is simply not the case. But, you know, again, Poe's law. There may be some not-so-woke scold out there that actually does hate white people and takes that stuff seriously. But uh, one of the things that I've learned, uh, because I've dealt a lot with the radical left, is I was very active in Occupy Wall Street. Um, uh, and uh, since then, you know, I, I covered the movement. I covered trials in the movement. And when you deal with people on the radical left, a lot of the time... Uh, and this, is, I'm not talking about Democrats, I'm talking about uh, like communists and anarchists and other forms of socialists, you get a lot of hyperbole in the way that they talk and they don't necessarily mean what they're literally saying. So like um, I, might, I might be sitting there on Facebook for instance and see a, a, a nasty story about some guy being a total jackass and I might I, I type sarcastically, Hashtag kill all men underneath it, not because I want to kill all men because I'm a dude, but just like, oh, this frustrates me so much. So what happens is, is things that appear as hate speech um, when targeted in different directions may simply be somebody making a joke or making some sort of a reference or something. You see it when people get accused of racism and they say, I was kidding or whatever. Um, Now, you're right in that. people do not respond to these sorts of attacks against white people in the way that they do against minorities. But that's for actually a very, very good reason. Uh, And it's because these attacks, even when they are seriously said, like I remember I was walking down the street, I live in Harlem and uh, an old black lady, I walked by her and I heard her mutter under her breath, they're cave dwellers. And she was having this like racist or bigoted speech with herself about how terrible white people were and you know i don't know what was going on in her life i don't know why she was frustrated like that but you know and it made me made made me feel a little bit because essentially what she was doing was she was dehumanizing me and people that looked like me but no one is going to take that and hurt me because she said it um however um there is this thing called uh pseudo speciation And this is that humans, we have a block in our minds, a psychological block that prevents us from essentially, you don't don't eat your own kind. So if you've got people that want to hurt someone or rape someone or steal from someone, what they have to do first is convince themselves, unless they're a total sociopath, that that other person isn't human. And one of the ways that they do it is through language. Remember when I talked in my opening statement about you know idiots, robots, or animals? And if you look at like white nationalists and you look at like virulent misogynists and people, they use this very aggressive language. Uh, like what is it? I- 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 incels. They call women femoids. That is pseudo-speciation. Now, if you try to pseudo-speciate a, a-, a white guy like myself, you're going to have a really hard time convincing people that I'm not human because As my identity is like at the top of the identity social pyramid, at least as far as like race is concerned Um, and, and, and gender and sex and orientation is concerned, Um, but what happens is the further you go down that pyramid, the more vulnerable a situation a person is actually in, and the easier it is to erode that those feelings of compassion. So, you know, you get a bunch of people, they start saying racial slurs over and over again, they repeat it. That, that compassion gets eroded and eroded and eroded and broken down until people who maybe already want to do some form of violence for whatever reason decides, hey, it's okay. So the huge overreaction or seeming overreaction, the double standard that you see, is because hate speech represents a legitimate physical threat to the people that it targets. Whereas hate speech against white people, even if it is super hateful and awful, is not going to have the same kind of effect. It's just going to be someone being mean to us for a bad reason. I, you know, For the most part, we can let it roll off our backs. Does that make sense? Well, I I agree that
3: it's not as bad, Um, uh, but what I don't agree is that it needs to be that bad for it to be institutional racism, right? I agree that uh, as the world we're living in today, it's not, um, we're very unlikely to, um, I mean, actually, uh, somebody's going to play this like one month from now, somebody's going (laughs) to Kill a white person, I and mean, we're like, I mean, what the hell did you? See? Yeah. But but it doesn't it doesn't exist. The violence, uh, the violence, the dehumanization, uh, the consequences is not at all the same level. At least not in the United States. I mean, the de facto thing that you're mentioning about, uh, you know, white people as being the de facto—that's only in white majority countries, just to be fair. But um, well, but you're I right. Mean, not
2: necessarily. I, I do agree with you for the most oh. part on that. But also, like, take China. For instance, China is not a white majority country. But um, if, if I'm not mistaken, like in China, if you're white, you can be hired just to be a white person and hang out somewhere. Like they will hire yeah, white th- people just to hang out in like Chinese clubs. So people go to that club because they think rich white people are going to be there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, obsession with white people is, uh, I've seen that many, in many. Places in Philippines, in Iran, in China—that is, uh, to be fair, that's also extremely racist and disgusting. Um, but so, what I'm based on the definition that I was working with, but when it comes to institutional racism, it doesn't—it doesn't say that this is this is is systemic if it leads to violence. It's systemic if it involves dehumanization. Okay. Um, And also- Wouldn't it be
2: systemic if it involves a system?
3: Yes. So what I consider people being explicitly bigoted towards white people, that's not what I consider systemic racism. That's explicit form of racism, okay? Mm -hmm. Their reaction to it, to me, suggests a systemic form of racism. The double standard, like, um, even if we remove the- So you're saying it's, it's justified- because it doesn't really lead to violence or dehumanization. Uh, I wouldn't but, say it's justified. I, I think it's right. still
2: it's still shitty. Like so um, shitty. you know, it it's still um
0: just to this, sure this kind of gets just to yeah, be this, sure this, that Armin uh, had a chance to finish that thought. Unless oh, No no I'm, I'm no no I'm
3: happy I'm happy to be interrupted like this. It's good.
2: Yeah. Okay, I'll just. uh, So this kind of goes down to my own personal philosophy, and I'm a Buddhist with Soka Gakkai. And one of the reasons that I do these debates um, is because um, the idea of confronting slanderers of the Lotus Sutra. By the way, I'm not calling you that. um, The idea, which is another way of saying. Um, attacking the ideas of those who try to dehumanize other people and say that someone is inherently less than another is Mm -hmm. something that is part of my Buddhist practice. It's something that I, am very devoted to. Um, And I would say, you know, even if you're doing it as a joke, putting, you know, hashtag kill all men, that is a very minor slander of the Lotus Sutra, because even if you don't intend it to be a horrible thing to, to, dehumanize people, um, you know, uh, someone's going to take it seriously, especially if it's, if it's replicated en masse, you know, there's always that idiot who takes things a little too far beyond what somebody intends when they, when they put something out into the world. So I think, you know, for instance, Twitter can be a very toxic environment. Um, But, uh, and so if I'm, if, let me just see if I'm getting you correctly, what you're saying essentially is, is because, Twitter is a toxic environment, and people are not sufficiently critical of the toxic environment that is Twitter, systemic racism against white people exists. Is that the argument, or am I missing Well, no, something?
3: I'll give you a more specific example um, uh, right after I mention this. Um, first of all, I do have to say that I've seen some people do saying that seriously. Um, again, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a... It's, I, I don't doubt know, it. Okay. And I also want to acknowledge the fact that you, um, you know, I be, I'm grateful that you do label that as something vile and disgusting, um, you know. Th- but the thing is that, given that you agree with me that it's, it's something um, vile and disgusting, uh, even, with, even before it gets to the point of violence or dehumanization, uh, what I've noticed is that within the United States, just saying what you just said can get orga- organizations into trouble. Even calling it out and saying that this is not okay, right, could get giant corporations into co- uh, into into trouble. Just even acknowledging that, like for example, um, um, I don't what, what was his name, Nick Cannon, right? Do you see? Do you see his? Was it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Nick the, Cannon. The, the, I,
2: I, the name is vaguely ringing a bell. I'm not sure. So who's this guy?
3: So he just recently had an interview. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Yeah, I think. Let me make sure. So he just recently had an interview. This is just one example, okay? I could give you a lot of examples, okay? He just recently had an interview talking about white people and um, Jews. And these are like the black Israelites. Uh, He he believes in there, right? But, okay, so what the things that he was saying in the interview was explained this is not system what he was saying was not systemic racism okay because that's an f- example of explicit racism he was being uh, intentionally saying vile things discussing things against Jewish people and against white people okay um, go watch that interview because it's it, it become it, it is dehumanizing actually all right because he was comparing white people to animals uh, to being barbaric to being he was saying that melanin is uh, what gives you a soul uh melanin <laughs> is a source of compassion uh mm-hmm. source of intellect source of civilization so, so reason-
2: wait is this guy a black israelite or was he just giving an example
3: wait actually is he black israelite no no sorry he's like oh yeah black israelite and he also he also yes um no he was he he i'm not sure if he officially considered himself as part of that organization but he seems to be saying a lot of things that they say. And also a lot of things that Nation of Islam seems to be saying as well, right? So I think they pick these. a lot of people don't um, I'm not sure exactly about them. So somebody may, maybe in the live chat, you correct me, but I've noticed a lot of people that are not officially part of any of
2: these organizations, they borrow a lot of their narratives, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, now, but, what I want to point out really quickly before we go, and this will, I'll let you get back to it. Um, okay. What you're describing is bigotry, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily uh, system evidence of systemic racism. That's I what would, I am
3: Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying what he was saying is systemic racism. I think Um, What I'm going to point is the reaction to it, okay? Because if you watch that interview, and it's a long interview, and it's so funny, man, like uh, you will have a, but he goes into the way that he described, and, and you have to see the level of support that this narrative gets among uh, this community. I mean, again, um, there are small... and what, is,
2: is this the Black Israelites or the Nation of Islam, or what's the? Both,
3: and a whole bunch of other, so there's a small circle of these people that um, associate with these groups, and then there's a larger group of people that believe a lot of their narratives and borrow it and uh, endorse it without them considering themselves as part of these groups, okay? Uh, yeah. They are big. Uh, they are a small percentage, but again, a small percentage of a big number may- gives you a large enough number of people to be have very problematic views. But again, none of these views is, is are examples of systemic racism. These are, to me, I, yeah.
2: the, these, these are these all organization- definitions... Yeah, these organizations don't have any systemic power. They're just. Yes, but again,
3: he was. Okay, so they don't. But who? Hold on. Let me see where Nick Conan was fired from. He was fired. Okay. He was fired by Viacom. Viacom is a big enough organization with institutional power, right? Um, But if you look at the statement from Viacom uh, and the reason why he was fired was the. Parts that he talked about Jewish people, not anything, not the length, all the stuff that he said about white people uh co- comparing it saying that they're not even human saying that they don't have a soul saying that uh they don't have compassion because their skin is white none of that was reason enough for his firing okay and again i think fu- getting fired for his anti-semitic views was justified right i'm not so I'm just saying that people should be less <laughs> and like react there shouldn't be a reaction to people being anti-semitic again okay f- freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences of your speech right um, But I, what I'm saying is that he should, he should have also gotten fired if he didn't say any any of the anti-Semitic parts and had all those all the vile things that he said about white people. That should have got him fired as well. Okay. Yeah, and I, mean, I agree
2: with you on that. But what I'm going to point out is just because they gave that as their official reason does not mean the other stuff didn't play into it. Um, Viacom was probably just covering their, their asses because if, for instance, they had fired him for the white stuff, that could be misinterpreted by certain communities and activists as being um, anti-black, essentially, um, even though they're not. But what they're doing right. is they're saying, okay, we can fire him for this stuff he said about, uh, about Jews because nobody can argue with us that that is 100% racist. But yeah, that I mean, nazis does, will argue with him but does
3: that cares. not show to you that there's a level of acceptance of being able to say well you know i mean this is just one example I mean, it's not right? a level of
2: i would say it's not a level of acceptance it's a level of um plausible deniability so you know again this the big problem with a lot of this is people lie you know you go up to richard spencer you ask him if he's a hateful person he'll say no You know, uh, people lie about who they are. They lie to themselves and they lie about their motivations for a, a variety of reasons. So whenever you're dealing with something that's really thorny, like this issue of race, you know, you have to deal not just with the people who tell the truth, but also the people who are bad actors. So for instance, when um, that, that it's okay to be white thing was, was hashtagged, no one was saying it wasn't okay to be white, but literal neo-Nazis on 4chan put that forth with the hopes that they could use that to push their neo-Nazi ideology. And so you will see neo-Nazi accounts tweeting, it's okay to be white. Um, And then people will try to call that out and they'll say, no, I'm just saying it's okay to be white. Everything's fine. So, you know, you have to deal with bad actors. And I think Viacom being a huge corporation that could be targeted by a lot of lawsuits has to be extremely careful with corporate PR culture. So what they are going to officially fire someone for and tell everyone we're firing them for this reason may not be the whole of what they are taking into account. But doesn't that prove my
3: point? The fact that uh, it would be a political nightmare for them to come out and say? I don't think it would be a political nightmare. I just think it would be a little more risky. Okay, I mean, I disagree. But let's even go with that. The fact that it's political risky to come out and say for an organization that powerful for it to be risky to come out and say, oh, yeah, we don't tolerate anti, I mean, I would say anti-white racism, but I'll go with your words. like we don't tolerate anti-white bigotry, even if it's not um, in this organization, and that's why we're letting it, you go. The fact that you will get in trouble for that, and the fact that you're going to get in a shitload of—I mean, that's that should go well, without it, it saying. It wouldn't necessarily
2: be that they'd get in trouble for that. Well, so if, let's say they do. It would this. Get, like, Let's it, let's, let, let's say they 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 say this because what happens is is that when somebody says something, people infer from what they're saying. It's like what are they not saying? So say Viacom looks at that thing, and they say, we're firing him for his anti-white statements, right? Um, and they, they put that out in their press release. First of all, people will say, whoa, he said anti-Jewish stuff. What about the Jews? And then other people will look at that and say, okay, well, what's what's the percentage of the people who work there? How many Black people do they employ? What are their salaries? What's going on here? So people will dig into that and attack them Uh, based upon uh, the perception that they are hiding something, Um, or at least that would be my understanding of it, which would be why the corporate PR culture would be very careful. Now, is this right? Right. In a certain sense, yes, and in a certain sense, no. In the sense, no, in that it's not fair, because it is a double standard. Um, and if we could take everything at face value, you should be able to, to fire someone for, like, anti-white. But also uh, in the sense of uh, no, because, again, there is not a immediate threat to white people of, of like, not being able to find jobs or being overly do targeted. do you
3: agree that somebody coming out and saying white people are, like, animals... White people have no soul. I mean, nobody has a soul, but that's another topic. Um, But white people specifically don't have a soul, and white people do not have compassion, they're barbaric, they're violent, um, and that's, you know, if somebody just says that and says nothing about Jewish people, even if it doesn't lead to violence, even,
2: um, I mean, this is already dehumanizing, but... I mean, I'd say I would say that that guy would, would have been fired for what he said for white people. They just would have rewarded right. the. So if I could, if,
3: if, I, if it was shown to you that if somebody loses the job from because of something like that, there would be a lot of pressure on, a, on, on an organization uh, that does carry out like something like that. And there's a lot of pressure not to take action uh, against somebody that is only. Um, Bigoted against white people and not against any other group of people. Uh, if you see that it's easy for big institutions and politicians and media, uh, you, you know, to call out bigotry—bigotry uh, bigotry that is just bigotry, not leading to violence against black people or Jewish people. I mean, let's just forget black people. Like, let's—I mean, let's put aside uh, because I agree with you. Like right? that—that uh, has bigger consequences, right? But you, given, if you, just the bigotry against white people, um, even calling it out, even acknowledging it, even saying, even, you know, even coming out and saying that the bigotry against white people is a thing, it's real, gets you uh, demonize and, call, and people call you out as racist for even saying that. People uh, remove you from your their, your uh, their social circles. People, uh, you, you know, I mean, I, I can I don't know, again, because of all of what I've seen has not been collected in a scientific way that could, you know, that I could present in, in the data. This is just based on my experience and the things I've seen. Um, but this is this kind of attitude is widespread. I, I think, and because it's my personal experience and it's not collected scientifically, I'm, hop, I'm happy to be proven wrong. But if I, if, they, if it was shown for this to be the case, um, wouldn't that be an example of some form of systemic, I
2: don't know, so you don't like say racism, systemic bigotry? I mean I wouldn't say it's systemic. I mean what you've got there is you've got a corporation that's concerned with profits primarily and it's looking to protect its profits and that's why it's getting rid of these people. It's not it's not moral outrage over the treatment of Jews or the treatment of of white people that's prompting Viacom's behavior it's uh they want to make sure that their profits stay intact and that the people who invest get a higher return on investment and that their owners and shareholders are happy but that
3: but that's true for all form of systemic racism institution like for-profit companies um always act with the intentions of maximizing profit yeah and and
2: and, you know go back to you know uh, well actually not always because sometimes they will act Counter to profit, um, if it is uh, if they are su- sufficiently racist. I mean, you saw that in the Jim Crow South. Um, that would be a
3: form. That would be true if there's explicit form of racism, intentional form of racism, right? But the but the systemic racism that is not that is happening without explicit form of racism um, could you know if it's happening within private institutions, private organizations is
2: probably a, well, as a result of yeah go on. I mean, even implicit racism can still cause someone to act in a way that is counter to profits. A great example, honestly, is uh, what we learned with the Black Panther movie, because for years and years, people didn't want to see movies with black superheroes in them. Um, Or that's what Hollywood believed and kept saying. The same thing with the Wonder Woman movie. We can't see a movie that's starring a woman. Nobody will want to watch it. Nobody wants this. And what we found with Wonder Woman and Black Panther. There's a huge, huge market for this. But so the intention is profit. That's, I mean, yeah, their so... their intention, their conscious intention is profit, but right. their conscious attention towards profit is influenced by systemic uh, or or by implicit racism right. and sexism. So I, right. I think what we're doing, by the way, is we're we're there's a bit of a conflation between mm-hmm. implicit and systemic. Impl- systemic. Com- contains both explicit and implicit types because it relates to systems and how systems interact with people. Whereas implicit is unconscious bias towards a person for bad reasons and, big, and you know, explicit conscious bigotry is explicit bias.
3: The way, the way I saw it, there's three forms. There's explicit form of racism, implicit form of racism, and racism by outcome. And the systemic form of racism uh, is the last two. A mix of the last two, that's the way I saw mm-hmm. it, but I'm happy to change my well, definition. Have you,
2: have you ever read A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn? No, I would highly recommend you check it out because they do a um the fourth chapter, I believe, uh, and it's online for free. You can see it at historyasoweapon.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called Drawing the Color Line, and it actually goes into you know, as I said, the United States' own original sin that's my term, not his, but I stole it in the bible so whatever <laughs> i stole it from catholics <laughs> so
3: um
2: but this is uh, why by the way this is yeah. why
3: it's giving us an as an atheist organization an excuse to go after all of this because it's becoming yeah. so much like a religion but go i on. mean
2: no you know what I, I gotta tell you um i do think that there is a lot of religious or re- culturally religious behavior in a lot of kind of the the woke scold kind of things i think you are correct in in latching on to that uh confessing your sins um penance like there's a sins lot of
3: the father being the sins of the son.
2: Yeah. Now, it, I don't think that that's necessarily 100% tied to religion. I think a part of that is human culture. Um, right. And, you know, go. we could, that'd be a great debate in and of itself to just go into that and to see where these kinds of antisocial tendencies come from. But right. um, what I was want- the reason why I brought that up is it talks about the creation of racism uh, and racist attitudes at the beginning of the foundation of the united states because originally when they brought uh, both black and white people over they were not brought over as slaves they were brought over as indentured servants and they seemed on the contract that to be equal parties with the people indenturing them now in reality no that was just the contract Uh, and these people were basically slaves either they'd been captured or wound up in debt but what happened was was that after the first few joint revolts uh where the black people and white people joined together and had rebellions against the landowners that owned them suddenly they passed explicit laws that were made to prevent to, that that Punished more, uh, any kind of Sorry, where Where are we
3: getting with this? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt because this is a form of this, like, this is anti black stuff. I'm, that I'm pointing,
2: we don't... yeah, I, I'm pointing out the, um, Origin of racism, the, the socioeconomic origin of the American form of racism, uh, of systemic racism, uh, in but American we, history. I think we I think we agree on
3: that, and I also would agree with you if you um, if you want to say that the effects of that even continues till today. Like for yeah. example, I agree with generational poverty. I agree that uh, Jim Crow and slavery as the effects of it uh, is not erased and. Um, sure. Well, but
2: my point in bringing it up um, and, and seriously reads in, it's it's really good. Like he's not, he's not the best writer in the world, but it, it's, a, it's a good book. The, the reason I'm bringing it up is that both the explicit and the implicit attitudes were tied together from the very beginning um, right. and, and one grows the from the other. So yeah, I, I, I don't think you can separate them. What no, I'm,
3: I'm not. I'm, I'm categorizing them. I'm not separating them. Obviously, explicit—the more explicit form of racism do you have, it you the even wider the systemic race, uh, form of racism is going to be. One one leads to another. In fact, what explicit form of racism, if it's there for a long time, even once you get rid of it, it's the systemic racism that was. Re, The systemic form of uh, racism that lingers on after that is as a direct result of the explicit form of racism being part of a society and accepted, right? And that's why I also think that the explicit form of racism that exists against white people, given that it's becoming normalized and accepted, uh, that that has or will lead into systemic form of racism. That's what I think. But one thing I want to ask is... um, what do you what do you think about people like um, Robin D'Angelo and Ibram Kendi in books like anti-racism and white fragility? Like, do you think like I don't know how much you know about their narratives, but do you think like the idea of white fragility is like uh, and the things that uh, Robin D'Angelo, for example, says is that a, a bigoted way of just talking about white people?
2: I mean, I haven't read her book, so I I don't know. Um, uh, So what I would say about white fragility is I would need data on that. Now, I have seen white people go to absolute pieces whenever they get taught, talk- whenever somebody talks about racism I've seen uh, all kinds of racism people with go them. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's, it's an emotionally charged issue. So uh, there may be some sort of fragility, but you would need to demonstrate that with sociological data. And I haven't seen any of the data. She's and I, not it,
3: interested in data because she says, she thinks data and science is white uh, white people tools to oppress uh, minorities. And I, I hope you see how ridiculous that is. And she, she doesn't even suggest that, she outright says it. OK. Um, and she also is OK. She also mentions that she's completely OK with generalizing white people um, and, this, you know, talking about them collectively rather than individually. I mean, do you agree that those are uh, I, I get this? I'm not this is not an example of systemic racism, but I think this is like um Am I, am I mad at Robin D'Angelo? Is that what you're asking me? No, no, not personally. Like, um, I think, do you consider talking about a whole group of people uh, the way Robin D'Angelo does? Do you consider that? I mean, I call it explicit racism, but would you consider that bigotry?
2: Um I would have to see how she actually yep. talks about them. like I said, I haven't read the book. W- what I would say is um, at the very least if you're heavily generalizing about an entire group of people without data, you're behaving irresponsibly. I would say that's okay. an irresponsible statement without data to back it
3: up. So le- let me tell you for example another example for why I might think that systemic racism against white people and again, I know, understand that the way the way you're, you're, def- you're your definition is different than mine but i want you to see where i'm coming from given that what i see what people like Abram kendi and robin d'angelo are saying given that i consider that explicit form of racism intentional individual do, form do you of have racism, a direct
2: quote from them by the way just so i i can respond to i this? should have prepared uh that if you don't have yeah. one you can send it to me later
3: okay i will yeah um but given that i consider i mean she comes out and says that right that she's okay with generalizing white right, people like she says that in a as clear as it could be right um and and, you know and she considers racism to be a white thing right um white people are racist and this is the author and
2: this is the author of the um white fragility fragility. you'll notice but something very important about that okay let me make let me make a point though
3: What she says to me is not an example of systemic racism. What is an example of systemic racism is that she's now, the um, her book is the number one bestseller uh, when it comes to race issues uh, in the United States. Uh, What suggests to me that anti-white racism is systemic is now her book and her uh, dogma and her methodology is now treated as gospel uh, in diversity training uh, and anti-racism in corporate America, uh, in universities, in many universities, um, in government institutions. Uh, and Did, in, do you, uh, you a have lot any data media. to back that up? Um, but besides well, the book sales, do you have any data to back that up? Well, I can send that to you as well. But sure. the thing is that, um, it's, I didn't say in, so here's the thing. It's really easy to show that it's being used um as the go-to um doc you know doctrine uh, methodology for anti-racism training um because it's selling well no 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 it's being used okay i will i will send that to you okay okay um it's being used heavily i'm not saying everywhere i'm not saying all i have to show is that it's being used a lot not that it's being used by majority of corporation, not that it's being used everywhere, okay, but it's being used a lot. It is the number one. Um, her book, her, her and Ibram Kendi are the top two uh, leading figures when it comes to. Uh, it's, a, it's and again, it, it's what you said. It's a profit motive, right? Yeah, it's these corporate PR. Yeah, it's corporate PR. Like these, like these organizations, uh, they just go look at the top sellers, the people that other people are seeing as authority. They hire them. They're like, look, we're doing something about it. Can you please shut the fuck up and yeah. not, you know, not come after us, right? So, um, but but they are. It is, but unfortunately, it is spreading. Um, and that's the treatment of corporate America and universities. I mean, again, what I what I have is also a lot of uh, stories and example. And again, this is not what I also mentioned is that I'm happy to be proven wrong with sure. data. But I have a lot of um, anecdotes of students um, in universities that are, th- these. this is being uh, taught to them in, uh, cl- in philosophy classes, in sociology classes, in diversity, in, uh, in classes that is these, these, these books don't even belong to, in people that are learning about education, in, in, in classes that people are learning about how to teach kids, apparently, they have to learn about education. So, so how
2: many students are you hearing this from, exactly?
3: um well i mean a lot i don't know um how i can send you like again these are all it doesn't really yeah it sounds like
2: anecdotal data now no um... no no,
3: i agree with you that it's anecdotal Mm -hmm. that that's why what i'm what i say i think anti-white racism is systemic in the united states i don't think i i don't even treat that as a theory i treat it as a hypothesis um, mm-hmm. because I, I've only seen enough a- anecdotes to think that this should be considered seriously. Not that I'm not, you know, not that it's been proven that this is a, a widespread saying, mm-hmm. right? So, so but, can
2: I give you a quick example of uh, systemic racism as it plays into uh, the United right. States against black people? Just no, really quickly no, so we can see...
3: Actually, can I suggest that, no, because if you're going to say to me that systemic racism against black people is a lot worse...
2: I don't think we're going to have disagreement there. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's worse. I'm I'm saying or more that, widespread. Yeah, or even more widespread. I mean, I think it is worse and more widespread if we are to yeah. assume that uh, th- 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 that systemic racism takes place. But I mean, w- again, the. Term for systemic racism was created specifically to deal with how systems interact with minorities. So but, if this if it's not sufficiently like the systemic racism that interacts with minorities, should we even call it systemic racism or should we come but up for, I'm with I'm just some working new term with the
3: definition it? that I have? The definition that I have is a form of racism that is embedded as normal practice within a, within society or an organization. The interesting thing is that it doesn't even say organizations. Like you have to have an organization. (laughs) right? So I think it's it's easy to prove what I'm saying, I think.
2: Well, I think the problem is, is one, you're you're going with a dictionary definition and dictionaries only use words and how they are used in common parlance. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're using a dictionary definition to argue essentially with academics using a technical definition. Um, Oh, I'm happy
3: to be saying that systemic racism is not a thing if we go with a definition that doesn't show... That, like, if you say, Oh, I'm working with this definition, and based on this definition, systemic racism against white people is not a thing. I would be like, Yep, yeah, you're right. Based on that definition, systemic racism against white people is not a thing. All I'm saying is, based on this definition, which I'm happy not to use if you don't like, all mm-hmm. I'm saying is that based on this definition that I'm working with, systemic racism against white people is a thing.
2: I mean, I would say that that definition, at least in the way that you're talking about it and describing it, is insufficient because it is so different in practice than what the people who created the term systemic racism meant when they created it. Um, So like a good example would be uh, Freddie Gray. Uh, Freddie Gray lived in Baltimore uh, and he was directly affected by Jim Crow and redlining. Now, he lived after it. He was, you know, during our lifetimes, I think he was actually younger than me. Um, But he was raised because of redlining, uh, because people would not get and the government would not give home loans to black families. He was raised in uh, illegal tenement housing that had lead paint on the wall. He grew up as a baby ingesting lead paint. The lead paint damaged his mind and stunted his development. Um, And this led, and this was proven in court. It did happen. He won a lawsuit about it and then was later tricked out of his money by a corporation um, that tricked him into trading away his whole settlement for like a small lump sum that was spent very quickly. Freddie Gray, that the ingestion of lead damages your ability to think critically it increases your aggression and when he was targeted by the baltimore police department he i believe ran and because he ran they tackled him they they found a, a like a small knife on him and they put him took him for a rough ride in their van and drove the van around basically doing donuts with him not buckled in and it severed his spine and killed him now, now, that's an example of systemic racism, and it wasn't even necessarily explicit systemic racism from those officers. They might have thought, oh, this is just a jerk, and we're going to give him a tough time. But you can see how all of those factors uh, contributed to this perfect storm that killed this human being after making his life miserable. Um, I mean, if you want to
3: give me examples of systemic racism against black people being a real thing, I mean, well, I mean, it's, it's I not think that it's a real on... thing.
2: It's that it's so different from what you're describing that I don't think it's it's appropriate to use the same term. I think what you're describing is bad, but I think it should have a different term.
3: OK, but if if we're OK, maybe you're right, OK? And I'm happy to be um, saying, like, maybe we should have come up with a different definition than here. But if that was a definition that we were using, would you then say that systemic racism based on that definition against white people is the real thing?
2: I mean, I'd be careful saying systemic because then someone might misinterpret me. But what okay, I might yeah. say is, let, let's say, let's let's call it just for the sake of argument, right here. Um, n- you know, I know we're doing a, a debate here, but just for the sake of argument, in this one, l- what if we called it like toxic woke scold culture, or we called <laughs> it toxic PR culture, corp- right. toxic corporate PR culture? I would say, yeah, that sucks, and somebody should do something about it. Um, oh, okay, great. You know, I mean, I just. I, I, I mean, I don't mind uh,
3: if it's, you know, using different words as long as we can acknowledge that it's toxic and having to deal with it. I think we I would be happy with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, again, and I'm fine with it because what I'm mostly concerned about is I don't want to see, um, the struggles of minority people um, kind of washed out and, and I, replaced with the struggles that, that white people necessarily oh, yeah. have to deal I, with that are that are bad, but not the same thing.
3: Actually, and that's a very important concern. And I, I, one thing I have to acknowledge is that sometimes, I'm um, not sometimes, a lot of times people um, use stuff that I'm trying to say, as a way to dismiss the racism uh, that exists against Black people. Uh, and it's it would be irresponsible of me um, that every, you know, to not clarify that every time I try to mention the racism that exists against white people, uh, to, and within that same content, I have to be careful to mention that um, other forms of racism are real and a big problem, a bigger problem. Not because like, again, it's it's unfortunate that I have to do that because it's, it's okay. I think it should be okay for sometimes for some, for some people to be focusing on some a problem without having to acknowledge other problems that exist. But given how misused it, how, how common uh, it is for people to misuse that form of narrative to dismiss okay, the racism we are, against black
1: people I don't mean to interrupt you but we are going to try to move into the Q&A that's my last i just want to yeah. i just
3: i just i just want to quickly say this that it, i think as content creators we are responsible for our audience we cannot say that i didn't mean to say this uh people are uh, you know people just uh, took my narrative and use it for own propaganda. I think if, if as content creators, if we are aware that people are constantly misusing our points, then it is uh, the responsible thing to do is to ca- clarify that you do not stand with those people, right? I think, uh, uh, so just wanted to point that out, but yeah. Really quickly,
2: before we move into it, I just wanted to say, I think we just actually came to an understanding, the internet (laughs) works, (laughs) so (laughs) thank you, dude. And I I really appreciate um, this discussion. I'm excited to do the Q and A, yeah, you you, kind of rock, so I'm Uh, glad. Thank you.
1: Does anybody else have any closing statements that they wanna make before we move into questions?
2: No, I'm okay. Yeah, Um, I I kind of wanted to say something really quickly. And this is just because when I was doing my research on you, I think you talked a little bit and you used kind of the term like the regressive left. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think what we just hit on right here is why I think the smarter ones on the regressive left may be a little less keen to criticize Islam. Because like if I'm coming from my own perspective, you know, I, I live in New York City. There was a cab driver in New York that um, came in and uh, a guy had come back from Afghanistan and he asked the cab driver if the cab driver was Muslim, he responded like, uh, Asim Alaikum or Allah Akbar or whatever they're supposed to, they say, and the guy slit his throat. And I always think of that when I, I am going to say something about some other community of people. So I think in the same reason that I'm a little careful with um, racist stuff, I think some people on the left, the smarter ones, not the dumber ones, are Mm. probably thinking something like that where they don't want their words to be used by bad actors further on down the line. And some are just idiots, but I think that might be the the core of the regressive left issue that some people have. I think it's um, I think it's completely
3: fair, even if that was not the issue for some people to want to focus on certain ideas. Like if some people want to focus on Christianity and not criticize Islam, some people want to focus on Christian Islam and not focus on Christianity. Some people want to focus on religion as a whole and criticize all of that together. Uh, um, But my problem, my problem is not the people who say like, you know what? i don't know what my, the consequences of me criticizing islam would be i don't know if you guys could do that i'm going to focus on christianity i don't have any issues with that right um i have an issue with people that you know criticize christianity but make excuses for islam mm-hmm. uh, go out of the, their way and saying oh islam is not that bad islam is pro-woman islam is this and that and I'm like no this is worse like for example even if you go like some people saying like oh how could you be a feminist if you're not speaking about women in i don't know the middle east i'm like well maybe because they want to they 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 want to focus on women at a certain area a certain yeah. place clean it's your okay. own backyard or yeah or even <laughs> yeah. like you know you're just passionate about a certain cause and you know you want to focus it's okay to focus my issue is not with people that do not speak about women in other places my issue is people who are fighting for women rights in some places but they're making excuses for anti-women policies and um and ideas in other places if you do that that's when i go after people and call them regressive leftists if they that, actually that, that's ch-
2: awesome and very very reasonable so i applaud you on that Got okay you. can we move and into then the- we can
0: <laughs> probably move into the QA? so thank you so much gentlemen and i want to mention folks if you had not seen it both or in fact all three of our guests are linked in the description so if you'd like to hear more from them you totally can whether that be brenton armin or k so excited and reading uh slightly out of order because i specifically asked k if i could read this particular super chat movie theory thank you that's right that's right brendan okay movie says theory, oh boy brandon it's nice your wife's boyfriend let you debate tonight it never gets old <laughs> I, I gotta
2: say i heard that before um i do my wife does not have a boyfriend i'd be okay with it if she did if i liked him or something um what's what's also interesting is um like i don't know like that's kind of that's kind of almost a hot thought if you kind of have like a if you're into like S and M and stuff, um, and I won't I won't rule on whether I'm into that or not, but
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time to go to the next one. We've heard it up. Thank you. <laughs> go ahead, Kay.
1: I have an actual legitimate question that does not regard Bretton's wife or her boyfriend. Uh, Sunflower, the- <laughs> asks, if someone on Call of Duty hears an accent in their opponent's voice and wants to insult or offend their opponent. Should they use racial or religious slurs. Is that person a racist? And should they be canceled?
3: Um, Armin, do you want to take that one or should I? Sorry, I didn't understand the question. Can you? Uh,
1: I believe point? that she's asking if, you know, on Call of Duty, if someone hears an accent in the uh, oh. voice of the opponent um, hmm. and wants to insult them, as so often you see. All of
3: I, the I think it depends on, I think it depends on the intention. Um, if the intention is to demean a whole group of people um then it's you know racist again it's really hard to read people's mind but if somebody is using that as an insult the same way that they would use against it I mean they're I don't know they're probably just not a very nice person I guess I don't know maybe they maybe it's just normal in gaming community I'm, uh, I'm not very involved in that but I think if you see it as racist if it's used against minorities but you don't see it as racist if it's used against, everyone else, then you're being a bit biased unless you somehow
2: know the intentions of the person doing it. Yeah, I'm gonna come at that from another direction. I'm gonna say intent is completely irrelevant um, in just the same way as if someone steals my wallet, I don't actually care if deep down in their heart, they consider themselves a thief and thought that they're wa- I just want my wallet back. So mm-hmm. it's someone doing that, someone hears uh, something in their voice and decides to use a racial slur to make somebody mad yeah they did a racist thing i don't know if they are a racist but they should be corrected for doing the racist thing because that's a that's an awful thing to do and even if they don't intend offense if they don't intend to hurt somebody it's like throwing a freaking grenade like somebody uses like the r word um for to, to call someone stupid just call them stupid because you don't need to throw a bunch of people with disabilities under a bus to call mm-hmm. them stupid. Don't hurt other people just because you're mad at someone else. It's irresponsible behavior.
0: Gotcha. Uh, we must keep you, moving just because we have a number of questions. Okay. I hate to do that to you guys, but just to try to get through as many as we can Padme okay. the cat. I'm so I'll start from the bottom of the list K and you keep going from the top of the list and we'll meet in the middle. So Padme, thank you for your question said the worst part of saying quote white unquote is that white people are totally more light orange or peach or something <laughs> snow is white snow white is light orange mm-hmm. thank you for okay go ahead Kay. in my comic snow white zombie
2: apocalypse by the way snow white is chinese
0: mm, that is really progressive i like that <laughs> so, ahead, i don't know
2: if that was a question or do we need to respond to that
0: i think it was like a silly super chat
3: I mean, black people are not black either, so I don't know. And brown people are not brown. Yellow people are not yellow, so I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So all of this is stupid.
1: All right. Uh, Some guy says, uh, if people respond more negatively to anti-black compared to anti-white bigotry, doesn't that prove society is systematically racist against whites?
2: No, we, we talked about that. There's a good logical reason for them to respond more negatively against anti-black bigotry than anti-white bigotry, because anti-black bigotry can get people killed. Uh, there is a much larger and more present threat when bigotry is directed at minorities as opposed to when it's directed at the, at the majority, because the majority has not been systematically disenfranchised and disempowered and dehumanized
3: right so it I mean I somewhat agree that if you see the consequences of an, one action being bigger than the other one, then you fight it stronger. Um, so the the imbalance doesn't prove to me that there is there's a systemic racism. The fact that calling one of them out at all could get you in trouble and you know even if it's not as bad, the fact that it is it is bad is not motivating institutions to go after it as something that is not acceptable just the outright denial of it, or acting like it's not even there, that to me proves that suggests, doesn't prove, sorry, suggests that there might be systemic racism uh, uh, out there. The imbalance of the, if the fact that they're not the same, I think that uh, uh, Brendan uh, uh, Brenton
0: is right, that that is justified. <laughs> Next up, thank you for your question from Castizo, who says, question for the dude with the Hitler stash is systemic racism against whites possible in japan um is it po- so i'm gonna
2: assume because i'm the only one with a mustache but like hitler's mustache it. is this i have like a full <laughs> mustache it gets a little darker underneath don't, my nose but i think it's just because don't the kill the messenger doesn't hit it. Are you? <laughs> um is it possible is anti-white Possible. In, we talked about this, like in China. I mean, maybe it's possible. In fact, actually, I think Japan is pretty xenophobic. I just don't know if systemically they are biased against whites. I have a friend who lives in Japan and started a Food Not Bombs chapter over there, um, and he never shuts up about it. But that's cool because Food Not Bombs is cool and living in Japan is cool. And, and he has mentioned that he has experienced uh, some hostility, uh, some and some bigotry based upon him being white and married to a. Japanese. Japanese woman and being a guy Jin, um, but I, I would have to know more about the like actual institutional structure of Japanese society if I can say that that's ant- systemic anti white racism or if it's just bigotry.
3: Well, I mean, if the question is uh, if it's possible, then obviously it's possible. Whether or not they exist, yeah, I don't know. I have. But I agree with Brenton that I don't know either. I have to actually see. A lot of people in the live chat are angry that I was, didn't push back harder against you. I'm saying that ter- I'm a terrible white advocate. And people are saying, why am I even defending white people if I'm not white myself? I was like, Watch
0: it. They might be Nazis. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. They, they literally might be Nazis. It's true that some could be Kate I think we just lost Kate did we lose you Kate uh,
2: yeah we oh no
0: Kate. bring her back I, lo- I like her i think she'll be back any moment she has she has absolutely phenomenal hair Yes. i was, <laughs> I, was I noticed that as well but I
3: was going to say, Game, Brenton. Is that a gamer? That's a gamer girl haircut, isn't
2: it? I, I, see, I grew up doing like the goth scene. So, like that undershave, that's like, oh. uh, that, that, that's like an industrial haircut. Um, oh, but okay. yeah, what were you saying, James? We'll,
0: uh, in the meantime, I will. Oh, that's right. I'm, I'm going to put the banner for the next week. Milo Yiannopoulos and Jangle's debate boy will be debating. Perhaps at some point, we'll have. Uh, who knows it could be brenton yeah. at some point depending on if there it, will be it a definitely topic. could be if, if there's a
2: topic yeah i'd be interested wait and
0: uh, are we are, are we allowed to really uh take this debate
3: and post it on our on the aces can i post this on the aces no yeah chat? yeah dude 100 totally.
0: you can yes okay, and okay, i
2: will link back here okay
3: okay yeah
0: I'll and and if you nice can link you. my channel as well i'd love that thanks I will. absolutely definitely. and let's see two seconds back Just changing, uh changing. We were praising background. your haircut. We do yes. have, let's see here. We were
3: being extremely sexist by talking about how you look.
0: <laughs> Next. <laughs> let's see. I don't know if that's sexist because a haircut is a choice.
2: You know, it's like if you talk about like the way a person looks that they can't control, I feel like that's where it really gets into being sexist. We were complimenting <laughs> your haircut. That's what we were doing. Yeah. Well,
1: thank you guys. My internet just decided to kick me out for no reason.
2: <laughs> but to be fair, you have really crap audio
0: just about <laughs> <been on. laughs> it's a work in progress but yeah don't, yes. don't
2: insult someone's audio i got it my audio insulted. i want to tr- bought a better mic <laughs> because
0: it hurt my feelings our dearest oh. friend uh brenton did make a point that it is true we do yeah armin i wouldn't be i would keep in mind that some of these uh people in the chat would like more it's true i'm not saying all but there might be one or two out there that might want more neo-Nazi types defending uh you can say whiteness. white people in this group. But one yeah, thing I was gonna bring up. By the way, really neo-Nazis quick, get the
2: hell away from whiteness and white people. Like we don't want your help. We don't need your help. Go away.
0: All you're doing is embarrassing everyone else. Something that's well, actually, really interesting know. is that okay. have you guys noticed that I've noticed it more and more that identity politics, I'm like seeing people who may perhaps be neo-nazis using identity politics type arguments
2: of course because that's all that
3: is
0: is Ed poll when we so hosted... wait it
3: was always identity politics Neo- nazism was
0: always identity politics oh from I didn't, the okay because well Damn. the way that i thought of it in terms of like the leftist you use... so for example let me give you an example we had Brenton debated Sargon, and people were triggered, and they were like, there's no trans person in this debate, and I still have no apologies for it, because we're happy to have trans people, but we don't require that, you know, we don't, for us, it's like, we'll have anybody, but we don't require they be there for certain topics. Now, the idea is, when Vosh and Destiny, uh, when they debated, nobody from the more left side gave me any trouble, but... The neo-Nazi type people were like, "Why is it you have white people, Vosh, and <laughs> Destiny defending black people?" Okay, so
3: to be to be honest, to be fair to them, they're trying to say like you guys are hypocrites because you you claim to want minority voices and you're not bringing minority voices. But to be but to counter that, they themselves seem to be uh, hypocrites themselves because they like a lot of people responded to this debate saying like why is a non-white person speaking on behalf of white per- people so they themselves are exactly like the people who they criticize so. Yeah, yeah. I, I also want to mention to Brenton by the way uh, one thing that I think you should you might appreciate is the fact that um a, a lot of what I say has successfully changed the mind of a lot of um, what you call neo Nazis because, I believe like that. for example, I make I make uh, videos and content saying, you know, anti you know white white racism is systemic, um, and then a whole bunch of them get excited and come over, and then I say, well, it's not as bad as anti black racism, uh, right? So, and I also have like videos saying, Islam is worse than Nazism. And they get excited and come over, and then I say, like, well, Islam is bad because the main victims of Islam are Muslims. Most Muslims are great people because most Muslims are better than Islam. And uh, the best way to fight Islam is to befriend Muslims, demonizing Muslims. It does not achieve anything like so. Um, yeah, you know that, that,
2: That's definitely true. I have a friend uh, who was stationed in Afghanistan, uh, like in the military. And like he pointed out that like, um, they will play like, like jihadists will play Donald Trump speeches to recruit like be, because oh, demonizing yes. <laughs> Muslims in the West makes them then think that they, th- it makes them feel justified in attacking the West.
3: But, but, what I'm saying is part, part of what I do is not to go after just uh, the woke, I don't know, left, but also to go after, um, you know, a lot of these far right narratives by getting them excited into what we're saying, <laughs> but then also exposing them to maybe some, to looking yeah. at, do these things differently.
2: Well, you're also you're doing something that's really important in that you are acknowledging their pain and their perception and their their because too many people on the left will not acknowledge the kind of pain and oppression that uh some of the people on the right feel and if you don't acknowledge what they're feeling if you don't acknowledge oh. um where it's coming from they won't believe you and they won't trust you the, oh. the fa- that's one of the reasons why in my opening statement i said 99 percent of white people are systemically oppressed it's not on their race but they're still systemically oppressed so like that there is truth in that it's just they've been suckered by fascism uh, and by bad actors to believe a stupid inverted version of the world and they've been tricked into essentially joining what is a death cult. So, you know, thank you for getting a few people out of a death cult. That's really important. <laughs> I, I mean don't, that don't. very let's seriously. We might
0: hate to do this. Okay, just go. so we've got a lot of questions okay. to get through still and we're, we're late. Go, yeah, go, okay. uh, Sorry, so. Let's see. Kay, I think that yours might have been the next one.
1: Alright, so Lily R.O. says, define far left. P.S. James is soy cool so i don't know if she meant to call you so cool or if
0: she was calling soy boy we we are bringing the soy meme back but okay go ahead (laughs) uh define far left
2: um so here if you think about the political sector and i really think that the uh like that xy it's there's problems with it but the sort of the xy graph from economic uh, socialism to, to laissez-faire and authoritarian to uh libertarian is a really important way to think about it because the right-left spectrum is that's based on the french revolution and like where people sat in the french parliament it doesn't really make sense with modern politics but to say what i would consider to be the far left uh, would be someone who advocates advocates either classical anarchism, a version of classical anarchism, Marxism, uh, or a form of non-Marxist socialism. So they have to be someone that wants to eliminate, capitalism and attack the institution of private property in one way or another. If they do not do that, they are not on the far left. Now, there might be liberals in the Democratic Party who are left of conservatives, but I would really consider them more centrist or if you really want to if you want to take Joe Biden and put Joe Biden on like the world thing, he's way way far on the conservative side. And the, the Democratic Party is controlled by the most conservative elements of it, which is why they like spiked Bernie Sanders, who ironically Bernie Sanders, if he were a European politician, wouldn't be saying anything controversial and would just be like smack dab as a centrist. Gotcha. Yeah, he's a capitalist. Um, I would, by the way, I would
3: like to have you on uh, our channel, Atheist Republic, to discuss some of these ideas, like communism, yeah, anarchism. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, guys, follow to. follow both of our channels <laughs> in the description because we're gonna have some exciting discussions
2: after. This. Yeah, th- this will be fun because, like, yeah, I can talk about anarchism, communism. I can talk about Buddhism if you want to because I'm Buddhism. both an atheist and religious. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: You're nice. And I, we yeah. will move to the next one as yeah. iPhone music. Gives an unusual super chat. Says, "I extend my hand in marriage to Kay." Very nice, Kay. <laughs> oh, Very that's already, so sweet. unfortunately, I am
1: already married.
0: Yeah. Oh
3: no! You shouldn't tell them that. You you should build a simp army online. <laughs> this is. Susanna is in the our CEO, atheist republic. CEO is in the live chat. She's building her own personal simp army. It's very effective. That's the best <laughs> way you have to hide that ring. You can build a large <laughs> following. Yeah. Yeah. You could and
2: do it. and, and I am also does. married, but I'm polyamorous. Yeah. So you could, you, you could might you have a chance since like, you guys could simp me.
0: There's a boyfriend and a
2: husband. <laughs> yeah, boyfriend, so. husband, girlfriend. I don't give a crap. I hope my
1: husband's not watching this.
2: <laughs> Next up, Andrew Weber.
0: Thank you. Oh, for I was question. talking to chat, not UK, but sure. <laughs> Andrew says, "My deepest respects to Armin for having the courage to defend my people. You are a truly noble and honorable man."
3: Oh well, okay. I just want to say that I I do recommend not looking as white people as your people. Um, I do suggest that you know not dividing each other into tribes based on things that uh, are not that meaningful i mean saying my people based on skin color to me is as interesting and you know valuable as saying my people based on your hair color right or i think color. when it comes to you know my people i think we should consider everybody that lives on this planet as our people i think that would be a healthier way to go forward and look at everything
2: i agree 100 percent with that and also like white people we we really are not that similar like there is a huge difference between like a freaking Scot and like somebody from scandinavia and th- they're yeah, even all...
3: really close to each other i mean come on guys we're all in this together like we
2: don't we only have one
3: planet to <laughs> so, like we're like we really need to save this planet and you know going about like dividing ourselves based on these you know yeah, yeah. but again true. let's acknowledge that
2: so he much, is still praising you so so, you know. so much no i know i know i, I am
3: i coming uh, off as ungrateful
2: for a no no you're, not. Okay. No, you're uh, not he's probably a you. nazi so many <laughs> different
0: white people think of brenton and how he he different he is from all of us so. yeah, and i'm like the whitest freaking white person out
2: there like my freaking uh my great my great grandfather like i'm from the from the Caucasus Mountains, like, uh, or the Carpathian Mountains, like my my grandfather, like when that weirdo who invented whiteness was holding that skull of the Georgian that he thought was like super beautiful, that was probably my like great grandfather's skull or great grandmother's skull or whatever. So I like outrank all the other white people.
1: <laughs> all right, my question is from Rodney Falberg. He says, "Brenton, powerful opening statement, but it's flawed." In order to live, animals have to hunt. In order to live, people have to work. Socialism contradicts nature itself. Have you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or watched ALUX videos?
2: I have no idea what those two things are, but um, and I have heard this argument that nature requires, that life requires struggle, and, and that very much is true. We do have to work, and, and working is part of the essence of what it is to be a person. Um, but the, the that what socialists take issue with, and especially uh, libertarian socialists like myself, is not the fact that we have to work, it's the fact that we have to work for other people under conditions that those people set and have no option to work for ourselves, no realistic option to work for ourselves. So, you know, again, I don't have a problem with working. I, I actually love working, but I have a problem with working for a capitalist.
0: Gotcha. And I'm going to send over the last three Super Chats over to Kay right now, but I'm going to read the first one just to keep it moving. This person, let me just uh, see if I can find their name. Very embarrassing. Turbo, thanks for your question, said, Brenton racially-based affirmative action targets ethnic minorities. It is, in a way, systematic racism against whites. Would you support class based affirmative action, considering it would not discriminate against poor whites um I would support
2: class based affirmative action and we have class based affirmative action not well enough, but yeah, and in fact it would prop because black people are overrepresented in Poverty conditions that would actually raise up a lot of black people without uh, specifically basing it on race. I think a class based approach would be better. That said, um, I don't think that um, affirmative action that targets minorities uh, to try to get them into higher positions within society is necessarily bad. And I also don't think it is necessarily racist because, again, if an institution has 10 slots and you take seven. Nine of those slots are going to white people and one of those slots are said we're going to put a minority in this slot. You haven't really discriminated against any white people. You haven't said a white person can't get into that institution. All you've done is you've made the competition a little stiffer among all of those white people, but also think about if, all, if, if there are nine spots that go to white people and one spot that is specifically for a, a, a brown person or a person of color, how much competition does that person have to deal with compared to the average white person? It's a lot more.
3: Gosh. Gotcha. I, I don't think that when you're looking at hiring people, you should consider. I mean, I think no, you if shouldn't. You look, I think
2: you can't. <laughs> but
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, but I, I also think like looking at. I agree with more of what you said earlier, it needs needs to be class based, you know, looking at dealing with poverty as a whole and the fact that black people are hurt by it more will automatically target, help them even more without you having to focus on race. I think when it comes to like looking at boardrooms and trying to come up with the balance of black and white and women and men, these are treating, yeah, those are treating the symptoms rather than the causes. And I think it actually distracts us from addressing the causes.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, gotcha. there was a we joke mean, oh, Okay.
0: pretty quick Just because we have a number problem of... problem with boardrooms is guys. there's too
2: many of them and not enough of them are on fire. <laughs> no. Not that they're not <laughs> rainbow enough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, no. so my next one is from Gabriel K. And I must have missed this part of the session whenever I got kicked out. Uh, it says, clear your own gate. What the fuck? So a woman in the USA being upset for someone holding the door for her is more important than women being stoned for adultery. Get
2: your bourgeois liberal principles
1: together. Okay, okay. talking
2: about. <laughs> yeah, I, I think is this more? is directed at me. Um, but
3: I want to say, can I quickly say that people can focus on small problems and big problems at the same time, or exclusively? Like, if that's the standard, okay. I again, if you, if that is your standard, then everybody has to just fo- figure out what's the worst thing that is hurting humanity right now and nobody can speak about anything other than that right now like i don't understand um you know you could you you, like if what what are you going to do next like are you if you want to like oh my god there's so many potholes in our streets let's go for that like really you're worried about the potholes in your street what
2: about people that have no roads at all like 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 that yeah yeah Starving That's people right. in China would be happy to have that. Um, yeah. What I d-
0: must—I hate to do this, Brenton, but just—but
2: no, Brenton didn't say anything. I took his. Yeah. Uh, this was.
3: Oh uh, god, gotcha. yeah. sorry about that.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. Um, okay, so that was anti-white what- racism right there. But go on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what this person said? Uh, can you read that again, Kay? Because my my brain got.
1: It says, clear your own gate. So a woman in the USA being upset for someone holding the door for her is more important than women being stoned for adultery.
2: Okay, this is adorable almost because it shows a complete misunderstanding of what women have to deal with, like... And when it comes to sexism, like in this country, and I will remember being shocked about this. Like, I remember when all stuff was coming out with like Harvey Weinstein and all this stuff. I was like, "What? Did I miss a meeting or something, guys?" Like, I've been a guy my whole life. I've never done or thought anything like this. And but apparently, there's a bunch of us that are freaking awful. And the thing is, is that I was really shocked when I went to sit on a jury, because they asked the people at the jury. Um, Like, have you ever been the victim of a violent crime to see if they would be negatively biased because this was a criminal trial. And so many of the women raised their hand and one after another, after another admitted to being raped. So when you want to talk about like um, sexism in the United States and misogyny in the United States is is, it's not getting mad because somebody didn't hold open a door for you. It's being raped. It's being beaten. It's being killed. And if you and the 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 actual thing of like women being stoned to death for honor killings, it's really not that different from women being murdered by their spouses
0: for sleeping with another man or being seen to sleep with another man. Next up, the optimistic. Optimistic Pessimist, thanks for your question, said correlation does not equal causation. We don't know that systemic racism is a causal factor for racial disparities or inequalities. It's just one of many hypotheses for racial differences in outcomes.
3: Well, okay. so if you consider a form of uh, systemic racism to be racism by outcome, that would include like... That's 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 the reason why that we include that part of the definition, right? So if again, so this is the difference between racism of the gaps and uh, racism by outcome. So racism of the gap uh, is like a fallacy that people keep blaming things on racism without actually proving that this is because racism. They see disparities everywhere and they think like, oh, this is racism, racism, racism. Um, And when they do that, they're actually talking about intentional, explicit form of racism and they have no proof for it. That is uncalled for, that is unjustified, but it is justified to look at, um, uh, you know, the outcomes and say like, okay, I, we controlled for all the variables: crime rates, population, um, wealth, access to lawyers. After adjusting for all of that, the system is still producing bias against a group of people. Um, if you say, like, okay, we don't know if this is this this bias is because of explicit form of racism it might not be because there's no way that any study could control for all variables it might not be because of any form of explicit racism but the very fact that all justifiable form of um variables <clears throat> controlled for is still giving you rate bias outcomes means that your system is racist against a group of people even if it's not this intended to be so right so When you say it doesn't prove that it's racist, well, the definition, based on the definition of what it means to be racist by outcome, it is racist by outcome. I think this person is talking about the explicit or intentional form of racism. And yes, they're
2: right. It doesn't prove that.
4: Yeah.
0: Gotcha.
2: I would say we if that was all we were saying. Yeah, but I mean, there's mountains of data like a, a good example being that uh, blacks are not only uh, the, 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 the blacks and whites use and sell drugs at the same rates, but black people are uh, punished worse and um, are more often than not prosecuted uh, as opposed to white people. Uh, There's uh, the other thing is, is that black people are both um, charged with murder most often and uh, exonerated of murder charges most often, like seven times greater. So for the same crimes. Yeah. Yeah. For the the exact same crimes. So, so um, anti-black bigotry within the system and and anti-system like that's, Irrefutable, and there's mountains and mountains of data. It's not just correlation and causation.
0: Gotcha. And thanks so much for your question, or I think this might be uh, that last one. If you got that last one from Gabriel K. K. You, uh, that one would be for you.
1: Okay, so Gabriel K. comes back with at least under Breton's dystopian communism, all is oppressed equally and starves equally.
2: I mean, I'm an anarcho-communist, so how exactly is anything oppressed there's no state so what is exactly going to do this and you can actually look at examples of like real world applications of anarcho-communist principles in rojava in shaipas in um uh in the ukraine in the ukraine free territory and in uh catalonia spain uh, when it was run by anarchists for three years and there there was not this horrific repression this is anti-soviet uh, propaganda put out by the U.S. government in the 1950s that you're being uh, affected by.
0: Gotcha. And Spider the Atio, thanks for your super sicker. Appreciate the support. And there is another question, another critic of you, Brenton. So uh, bring it on. Come on, let's hear this. A <laughs> fear. Thank you for your question. Said. Why is Brenton allowed to cover up for racists by redefining words? Stalin used this same technique to make people disappear. Wait, wait, Stalin redefined words
2: to make people disappear. That's what you're going to say. So first off, like the the actual Soviet purges were not Stalin redefining words. What it was, was Stalin's paranoia. And it wasn't just Stalin, just the the ruling class blamed it all on Stalin because he was dead. And none of them wanted to be prosecuted for all the crazy bullshit that went on. I, I mean, like, really, if you look deeply into the Soviet purges. They're horrifying, but it has nothing to do with redefining words. Here's what happened. You didn't even bother to read 1984. You heard someone talking about 1984 and talking about Newspeak, which was limiting the language, not redefining it, but actually eliminating the ability to express things with it. And you said, oh, 1984 was about words, uh, Stalin words, therefore redefining words is, is Stalinism. It's the most idiotic point that I've ever made. You should be ashamed of yourself. And um, you know, everyone is dumber for having heard that. Very sassy I, I tonight. Do, I do wanna address redefinitions of the word racism. I think it it's it's
3: okay to add to the definition of racism based on its practical use. Um, so I'm okay with having the explicit traditional form of racism, uh, that definition there, and adding these new definition because of the uh, purpose, uh, because of the use that they have. What I don't like is that people who add this new definition, and they want to take away the old, like, I'm not okay with replacing the definition. I'm okay with the adding definitions. Um, so f- for people who say that the explicit form of racism is not racism at all, if it's systemic, like they are redefining words. I'm not, I think it's both of them are useful. I think keep the old one, call it explicit racism, add these new definitions. They do have practical uses.
0: Gotcha. And then there was a question I sent over to you Kay on Twitter.
1: Another one from Gabriel Kay, because he seems to be a fan of yours, Brenton. (laughs) Brenton, you need to listen to George Carlin. You are his not my problem, typical liberal.
2: I love George Carlin. Are you kidding? Like George Carlin is like the go-to guy. In fact, my favorite thing about George Carlin is he has a great bit where he like describes toxic masculinity perfectly without ever using the phrase toxic masculinity. Like look up his, uh, it's called just Google like George Carlin, the male disease. It's the same thing that all these like highly academic feminists were coming up with, but he actually like expressed it on his own really quickly. Carlin's brilliant gotcha
0: and spongebob squarepants thank you for your super sticker of support appreciate it then kay if you had seen that last one in the live chat uh if you were th- had you seen that one from the optimist pessimist
1: i did but it disappeared on me
0: okay what I i'll do to is, to
3: acknowledge all the 1350s that i'm saying in the live oh chat, jesus
0: <sighs> i will send it over to you kay and in the meantime, I will read another one from Samuel. Glad to hear from you, Samuel. It's uh, always a pleasure to have you. Said to Brenton. Actually, this one's kind of like a nice, easygoing, like it's a good way to end. So what, maybe what we'll do is, Kay, if you want to read that one from the Optimistic Pessimist. But also give
3: me a chance to respond to the 1350s if if there's time at the end.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, let, let him respond. We need to respond. Sure. First. We have time. What's up? Okay.
3: No, okay. so a lot of people are missing the point when it comes to uh, 1350. They're like, okay, the Black people in the United States are um, 13% of the population, but they are responsible for 50% of the crime. Um, You know, all the studies that Brenton also mentioned, uh, when they are showing that there is a bias in the justice system and, and the police system against Black people, of course, they are adjusting for the crime rates. The, all these, like, do you really think that the people, the researchers that are their entire career is dependent, uh, is based on controlling for as many variables as they ca- possibly can, to see what the actual reasons for things? Look at these studies. They're showing that that even after they adjust for the crime rates, there's still bias in the system after they take that variable into account. Okay, mm-hmm. so look at the studies, guys. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Well, and not just that, but also it's just a miscarriage and a misunderstanding of statistics. 50% well, of the population. Okay, the just, average like, American has one breast and one testicle. Like, that's a statistical fact. It, it's you. the same we thing. We must move t- to and the oh, No, the just questions. one last thing. We also, do, it's a know, response. But We do have a well, list
0: of questions, and you're, but this it seems is, it that you're addressing. Very, hold on a second. Uh, it seems that yeah, you're addressing things this. that you just randomly okay, notice in the chat. And so it's like, but we do have people that have paid super chats to. Yes, sorry, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Next up. Go ahead.
1: We have one from the Optimistic Pessimist that says, Brenton, I wasn't denying that the system is racist. I was saying the evidence of a racist system does not prove blacks are doing worse than whites because of racism, i.e. there could be biological differences.
2: I mean, there could be, but you would have to demonstrate that. And we've actually have evidence that there are no reasonable biological differences between blacks and whites. Race is literally skin deep. And humans are one of the least biologically diverse species on this planet. All of us have a single common ancestor from about a thousand years ago. Literally everyone that lived is descended, that lives today is descended from that one guy. And between uh, 50 and 500 BC, everyone in the world uh, who, who passed on their genetics is either the direct descendant of everyone in the world now or the descendant of no one. We're all a direct descendant of Confucius. We're all a direct descendant of Cleopatra. We're all a d- direct descendant of like, I think, um, Julius Caesar. If you if you lived in that certain time and you passed on your genetics, th- they're your direct ancestor. So race does not exist genetically. Um,
3: I ju- can I respond to that as well? Sure. I just want to acknowledge that so far there has not been any evidence that shows that there's any sis- significant differences, but we do need to prepare people in case they, there is a, like data is some, sometimes showing there's some significant differences because I don't think that us treating people the same should be dependent on the fact that they're all the same. I think we should treat people the same even if there does show some one day we prove that there are some biological differences. I think our rights That's should-
2: That's a good point. and would agree with you, actually. Next up. Yeah. Okay.
0: Thank you for that. Gabriel K. says to Brenton, I was born in communism. You know nothing. I mean, what communism were you born in? I don't think I was
2: advocating the type of communism that wherever you were born that you're mad about. Um, communism, as in a stateless, classless society, a stateless, classless, moneyless society based on the common ownership of money and the distribution of resources from each according to his ability to each according to their need, has never existed on the planet. Now I gave ex- examples of anarchism, social anarchist socialism in practice, but that's not communism. Communism is an ideal that has not been reached. Gotcha. Now, if, if you're like a, in the former USSR, I'm sure that sucked. Uh, you know, um, you know, and I apologize for that, but that's not what I'm talking about. So don't straw man me.
0: Gotcha. And I just sent another one over to UK. If you got that one.
1: Did it's from Turbo? Could Brenton please clarify? A discriminating against whites with affirmative action it doesn't meet the standards of racism.
2: Discriminating it doesn't meet the standards of because racism, as we're talking about, like systemic racism, involves the state and the perception of like authorities, like the military and the police. Uh, you know, a judge sentencing you more harshly because you're white, not someone else getting an opportunity because they're not white.
3: I must say, I've seen a lot of definitions of systemic racism. I've not, this is the first time some uh, I've seen somebody mention that this, it only can come from the state.
2: Yeah, well, it's not so much, only. it's generated by the state and sovereign power. This is, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of cutting edge research. I think it would only You know, came out in like 2007. So it's it's one of the more recent definitions uh, of racism and people going into it. Also, um, you kind of have to have an anarchist critical framework to fully understand it. And liberals really get very uncomfortable when anyone criticizes the state because they they like their institutions. They like their little world that they've built.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, to
3: be fair, I like them too, but we could debate that later.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, dude, that's fine fine to talk about. Yeah.
0: Samuel Powell for the last question of the night that we have here. Appreciate it. Samuel says this one. We got so many for Brenton tonight. uh, But don't worry, this one at least isn't attacking. Uh, This one is they said to Brenton, what was the most difficult challenge along the Appalachian Trail?
2: Oh, geez. That's a huge, there's so many great things. So
0: um, I would
2: say the the biggest physical challenge of the Appalachian Trail was like when I hit the White Mountains in New Hampshire, because like I I started down south and it was coming north and you start off and you're like, hurting it like you can barely do like 10 11 12 miles a day then you get to this point where you're like basically professional athlete level shape and you're doing like you can do 15 16 miles a day easily and like you if you want to like i did a 22 mile day to get to a bar in time so i could you know have a couple of cheap beers um when i hit the white mountains i was in tip-top shape and suddenly like a a 15-mile day felt like a 20-mile day. A 20-mile day was impossible. Meanwhile, while all of this was going on, not only was I having some of the hardest hiking that I ever had to do, but I was getting rained on and hailed on nonstop for weeks. Like, my feet looked like golems when I got to the end of that after a week. Um, and it did not st- – it started raining when I got to, like um, – when I got to Vermont and did not stop until I got to Maine. So, yeah, yeah, that the whites are just – like that's like the boss the, the, the or like the mini boss the boss itself is katahdin at the end but yeah that was the biggest physical challenge
0: that is really interesting and want to say fair like folks want to say first thanks for all your questions just hanging out with us tonight in the live chat thanks so much mods for looking out for whether it be spam or hate speech whatever it is we appreciate all of your efforts and most of all, I want to say thanks so much, Brenton and Armin and Kay. It's been a pleasure to have you, and especially Brenton and Armin being in the hot seat uh, debating these issues. Pleasure to have you. And one quick reminder, everybody their links are all in the description. We have one last question from Turbo, who just fired a super chat in. Said, You can end the stream, no worries. I just want to point out that the chat, to the chat, that public universities are a component of the state. I think it's a dialogue they have going on in the chat.
4: Yeah,
2: I mean, public universities are created by the government and funded by tax dollars. They're not the state, but like, at least not in the definition I gave of it. But yeah, I mean, pithy, the government right. isn't just
0: evil. Gotcha.
3: Can I say something? Um, yes. Not not in response to that. How much time do I have? Now, I just want to quickly say that to people that uh, look like we were. I mean, even if you didn't, if me or Brenton didn't change your opinion on anything. I think the more important point here is that we are able to have friendly, civil discussions about some of the most heated topics out there, um, and I think that is even more sometimes sometimes even more important than changing the other person's opinion because it seems like these disagreements are being used for a lot of people to hate each other, um, and. You know these d- debates. The, the great thing about them is not just to convince is not just to convince people that what which side is right or which side is wrong, but it's also to show people that disagreements doesn't necessarily need to lead to people you know hating each other. It's possible mm-hmm. to have friendly disagreements. Couldn't absolutely. agree
0: more. Love your philosophy, mm-hmm. and that is absolutely true, folks. We hope you feel welcome here, no matter what walk of life you're from. We mean that, gay, straight christian atheist like everybody we could name everybody and we just want to let you know we really do hope you feel welcome so with that we hope you keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable and one last thanks to our guests brent nerman and Kay.
3: thank you guys
0: with that take care folks and have a great day hopefully we will see you back here as we have a couple of awesome ones coming up this week in addition so take care